Podcast One. Hi, this is Paul McIntyre. Welcome to the MI3 Audio Edition. I've been a business journalist for 25 years covering the marketing, media, agency and tech sectors. In this series, we talk to industry leaders about the global and local developments that you need to be across this week. This week, a stimulation for the senses, transparency, media agency pitches, ditch the pitch, you name it, we're going to cover it with a very interesting group of people, starting with Jen Davidson, the former general manager of media at Combank, now principal at Tumbleturn Media, Darren Woolley, CEO at Trinity P3, Simon Rutherford, CEO at Slingshot Media, and of course, John Bradshaw, principal at Brand Traction, one of our regulars. All sorts of debates going on at the moment around transparency, agency transparency, media transparency. Simon Rutherford, you're an independent agency at Slingshot who has hitched your britches to transparency as a, as a point of difference in the market. Tell us briefly, what's your overall view of what's happened in the last couple of years? Are we any better off? Are we making progress, I should say? Only marginally. Uh, I think just to give it some context, you know, the first time I spoke out about transparency was back in 2012, which was a long time. It was pre-trendy. It was pre-trendy. It's much more trendy now. And I think um, what's happened in that time is that a lot of people are talking about transparency, but actually I'm not sure whether they are. So I think you've got to come back to the definition of transparency and the definition for us is easy to see through. Uh, It shouldn't be that hard for a client to know how you're making money. If you're a if you're a consultant who's helping clients invest their money, you should be able to be very clear on, you know, how you're making money, particularly if you're also selling them, you know, inventory. And so just to be clear to the, for, for, for listeners who may not be in the weeds on this, we're talking about media transparency and agency transparency that talks about how agencies are remunerated as well as what happens in the media sector with buying uh, audiences and inventory and how that is clipped through the system. Correct. Yeah. And I think what, when I say marginally, it's marginally improved. I think back to the time when I first spoke out about it, there were agencies in market who were buying business, um, offering, um, undercutting the pricing by so much that it just wasn't even feasible for them to be making money unless they were making money in other ways. And, you know, in recent, recent times, um, you know, last six months, I've been in, in situations where um, it's not quite that bad, but certainly we're in pitches where for the other agencies would be at, you know, 0% on costs and 0% margin. So you've got to ask yourself the question, well, how are they making money? And you would suggest they're doing that by how? Uh, I'd suggest they're doing that in ways that they know they can make money in channels that they know that they can, you know, charge extra or, or receive, you know, mark up inventory or are receiving other commissions that a transparent agency doesn't. In this recent review that you talked about, you're involved in, uh, Simon, the the call to arms was from the client. Uh, we're not going to talk about the client, but the call to arms was they wanted a transparent pr- process. You're so- somewhat disheartened or disillusioned by what actually happened. Uh, well, look, I think they they said they wanted a uh, they wanted an agency that was more strategic and an agency that was transparent, which is a pretty good qualifier for us to enter into a pitch because we're pretty choosy about what pitches we enter into. Um, and I think in the end of in the end of things. Um, one of the factors, and it was certainly a factor, was that we were 15% more expensive than the next agency. Darren, you've got some thoughts. I think one of the problems is the word transparency. Everyone's leapt onto this. You know, when the ANA came out, they started saying, we need transparency. The fact is that it's very hard to achieve. You know, a lot of people think it's about the media agency being transparent. It's not. It's the whole supply chain. And the whole supply chain is not something that the media agency can necessarily impact. 
The other thing about transparency is you're either transparent or you're not. You can't be partially transparent. So we actually think that clients should be talking about disclosure. How much disclosure do I want or need from my agency to be able to do business? Because that's a much more interesting discussion than are you transparent or not? It sounds to me you were just set up to be the benchmark that they then applied to every other agency in that pitch. Jen Davidson, in recent months, you've had perhaps a ray of light with uh, an example of a review that is different to what has been going on in the market. Just talk to us about that. It's with Virgin, right? Yeah, with Virgin Airlines. So Virgin wanted to review their, uh, they were working with a number of suppliers. So a lot of it became about consolidation. But what they were actually after was they wanted transparency or disclosure. I think that's actually a really good point that Darren's raised. Um, And to do that, what we did was to really sit down with a number of areas with Virgin. We went quite deep with them to work out what was important to them and what were the important values that they wanted in an agency. And then we took it to market and we took a contract to market and the pricing terms, which we thought were very much reasonable for the market, that basically they were paying for disclosure. They were paying for transparency. And that became round one of the pitch. And then once agencies agreed to that, then we went into the normal pitch process. It flipped the process where um, the terms were up front, the payments were up front, and then agencies decided whether they wanted to play based on that. Yep. And they were fair and reasonable terms, do you think? Fair and reasonable terms because what they wanted to focus on was the quality, the people and the strategy. And by doing that, the process allowed that to happen that it became about the people, became about the strategy first and foremost. And you haven't seen that? I haven't seen that before. John Bradshaw? I think this is at the absolute heart of this debate for both kind of agencies and clients. You've got to start by deciding what it is that you want. Do you want lowest cost media and, and low fees? Then you can go out and achieve that. Or do you want to use media and advertising as a powerful driver of growth for your business, then you do it the way that Jen suggested. And the same for agencies, though. Like on, the, on the other side of this is, are you in the business of making margin on trading media or are you in the business of helping clients grow their business through the power of advertising? And you've got to make that decision first because you cannot be both. John, I think, I agree. Yeah, I agree. think one of the problems is that the marketers want both. And it's very hard if you've been getting lower and lower prices, either lower prices on your media or lower agency fees, to then go back and explain to the CFO why you're now paying more, right? That's the single biggest problem because if I get low cost per thousands and I get low agency fees and then you're telling me that I have to make a decision to get quality and pay more, how do I explain that? No, you're absolutely right, Darren. And Paul and I have been seeing this week in, week out that this – over-focus of clients on effectiveness over efficiency and a real need for client land to rebalance itself in how to use advertising as a growth driver for the business, not as a mechanism of, you know, operating at the, at the lowest possible cost. And what we were hearing kind of from our kind of chat before we started here is that that's a large number of the client base that are still in the, no, actually, I look better if I make it cheaper and no one's really counting whether I'm actually the growth engine of the business and or not. And I'll come to Jen in a minute, but Simon, you've got some thoughts on, on, on this. I was just going to say, look, it's, it's the whole short-termism, short-termism thing that we were talking about before because I think it's much easier for a client in that pitch process to be able to go back to the business and say, look, I had two agencies I was looking at and this one was 15% more than that one and so I've gone for the one that, you know, we're happy with. Um, um, 
regardless of whether or not they've got full disclosure on transparency because it's just an easier conversation to have in the short term. Jen Davison, Darren says clients want both. They want their cake and eat it without necessarily some compromise. And this gets back to the good old conversation around procurement as well. Before we get into a procurement punch-up, which I'm reveling to do, uh, you you actually have some good thoughts about procurement. Give us your thoughts and, and the experience you've had of, of late. I do have positive things to say about procurement. Um, and I think the problem with procurement is they've become an easy punching bag because they're only dealing with the price levers that they've got in front of them. And often it's about making it cheaper than the contract that was the previous contract or this time last year. Once you sit down with them, and I've had really positive experiences in the last couple of years on this, and you educate them on the whole supply chain, how the whole thing works, they can become they can become the ones that will go to the CFO and support the CMO on why things need to change. And the fact that marketing and media specifically should be an investment into quality and strategy and not just about lowest possible cost. Jen, do you, do you think there needs to be work done around procurement setting different KPIs in the business? So, for example, like if, if you're going to go through a, a process where you've got an incumbent agency that's doing a reasonable job but and so the main reason for the procurement process is to save money essentially, wouldn't it be better to go, you know, the, the amount of money that a client is going to cost themselves going through a pitch process, I just don't think gets factored into that. Yeah, I don't think people really understand the upheaval to the business of a pitch process. But I think if procurement understood, it's not just dealing with a contract that might be 10 or 15 years old that doesn't even mention the word digital. And it doesn't deal with a, you know, a landscape that's really complex and it's really complicated. And we're not dealing with the whole process and they only deal with the price levers. Whereas once they understand, I, look, I've, I think it's been really positive. Darren Woolley. I think one of the things you have to realise is that, first of all, procurement usually do not have their own budget. So they are basically funded either by the marketers or by the CFO. The second thing is that often procurement's brought in by CMOs or heads of marketing because they want to make their smaller and smaller marketing budget go further. So procurement supposedly will come in and drive down the price. So, you know, we sit here and point the finger at procurement, but sometimes, first of all, they're doing the work of the CMO, delivering lower prices from the agencies by negotiating harder, getting the agencies to commit to lower media fees, even though that's often something that the agency can't guarantee, unless they're into arbitrage, by the way. Um, or they have to prove that they're creating savings so that the CFO will continue to fund their very existence. You know, it's very tough for procurement, but ultimately most of them are in a position where they're focusing purely on lowering costs and not creating value. And we're starting to see a small group um, led by um, Barry Byrne, out of, uh, head of global procurement out of Adidas in Germany, is starting to try and get a group going called the New Face of Marketing Procurement, which is focusing on value. But these are very early days, and the vast majority of procurement is still cost-driven. Jen, the other thing around this whole conversation is the understanding of marketers about being in the details on, on what Darren might call disclosure or what we know as transparency. It would seem that we're still not seeing the marketing teams really understand what goes down underneath, inside the media system, inside the media supply chain. So what is that about? Are clients still, are marketers still not up to scratch? They still don't understand, but if I go back and put my client hat on, it wasn't really a priority when you look at your to-do list. Like it's how the agency is making money is not, was not what I thought of day to day. 
when I was a client. They know, I would say the clients are deeply aware that something is going on, but they haven't gotten the weeds. John Bradshaw. I mean, just to echo that experience from my time as a client, rarely in the weeds of the kind of media contract. But I think it needs to be different because the media landscape from when I was actively involved in making choices with agencies to today is so dramatically different that it it really matters. And, And you and I, again, were talking about this a couple of weeks ago where clients have to educate themselves about how media works how the complexities of that media landscape works, just in order to be able to do their job better, of which one part should be building a great partnership with a media buying and an advisory partner. But Darren? Yeah, look, and and that's a great thing to say, but it's really tough. I mean, when you think about how many things are marketers across, trying to get into the depths of media and the way it works, I mean, media is so complex. It looks simple on the surface. And, you know, when I'm talking to a client and they're using measures like CPM to talk about their digital spend, you know that they're way out of their depth. You know, they really are just trying to stay afloat. So I think they need media partners that they can trust, either internally or externally, to actually help them. Simon, would you would you buy that? Well, you're at the coalface in client conversations. It, 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 the understanding of what happens in what you do, is is it there? I think we're about 5% of a client's day, if that. Yeah. Right. So to try and get these issues on the agenda and raising them with a client. And, you know, I mean, I think with the, with the contracts and we talked earlier, you know, I, I think whilst the AANA contract was a step forward in terms of getting clients to understand what's, what's in the weeds and to actually get into that, um, I don't actually think it was that helpful from an agency point of view because it was kind of a collection of uh, random clauses and, and thoughts as opposed to a template that could actually be taken to an agency and, and used as a binding document between the two. But I think you're right. I think the education piece is the bit that's missing. Clients need to get in the weeds on it because it's not that easy and it's changing all the time. And one more thing to that, it's also more than just marketing departments now. You have to get legal, risk, compliance, your digital team, your sales team. E-commerce. Your and, I, yeah, it, yeah, it's so much more than a one-dimensional relationship you know, buyer-seller of media space. Do you think, though, CMOs and marketing teams want or understand they need to know more in media? Darren Woolley's shaking his head. It's not even on their radar. And to load onto people more responsibility than they've already got, it's just not going to happen. How does that align with your your thinking, Jen? Uh, look, I have found a few times in the last, certainly the 12 months, where clients have said they wanted to pitch, that once you sit down with them, actually pitching isn't going to be the solution it's actually far from it. And and often it's more, they're not organised enough. They don't understand enough that, you know, if, if you pitch right now, you're just going to move your problem elsewhere as opposed to getting clients organised and structured in a way that they lead the agency properly. To Darren's point, do they have the capability or inclination to want to uh, get further to, to, to un- unpack this further, or are, are we really just at this in this Groundhog Day of transparency and disclosure lip service that we're not going to get much further? There'll be some pockets of. I think there's there's those clients that have got where data is really important and where sales are really important from a you know an e-com perspective. They're the ones that are really looking hard at it. Otherwise, if it's just generally sort of clients that just do digital and they don't sort of get into the data, first party data, whatever. I don't think they're really staring into it. 
So it's quite a uh, melancholic and downbeat conversation. Um, so I might have to ask all of you the next 12 to 18 months what your expectations are. But uh, you've seen a couple of examples, Jen, of, of, of some change. Is that reflective of a broader industry or are you only dealing with people that are prepared to shake it up? Well, maybe a bit of both. But I also think that um, clients who value strategy are prepared to pay for it. I genuinely do think that. And I think that's becoming more and more um, apparent in the market. Just there's not that many of them. Plus buying cheap media is probably going to reach a point where it's not as effective anyway. So strategy is going to rise up and I think it's more important than ever. So John Bradshaw, next 12 to 18 months, what's your what's your take? Yeah, no, I think there are some rays of sunshine out there. We're seeing a lot more conversation about effectiveness. A lot, I'm engaging in a lot more dialogue about how would I make my advertising and my marketing more effectiveness? Way more than kind of even 12, 18 months ago. I'm not yet seeing it translated into genuinely tackling the media issue differently, but those things are connected. Once you start to think about short and long-term goals, when you start to worry about quality reach rather than just cost of reach, then those types of thoughts will flow through to different conversations with both media owners and kind of media agency partners. Whether that's 12 months or kind of 24 months away, I don't know. But the more we can drive that conversation as an industry, the better, because we're on the short road to nothing at the moment. Couldn't agree more. So, Simon, um, any any upbeat uh, news for us, or do you think it's more of the same? Uh, Look, I think, you know, six years is a long time. I'm not sure that 18 months is going to be enough for it to dramatically change as much as I would hope that it does. Uh, but I think as, you know, as the cost of media and, and, and um, gets lower and lower and obviously more fragmented, I think that is going to be a bit of a turning point where media owners are going to be starting to push back. And, and I think agencies have already, you know, started, you know, uh, some of the bigger groups making, uh, making noise around ditch the pitch. So I think agencies have the option of saying no, we always do. Uh, and we should. We should exercise that right. If we're gonna, why would you? Why would you take on a relationship with a client that that doesn't want you to at least be profitable and to make money working on their business? That's not a healthy relationship. So, uh, I think if more agencies are prepared to stand up for that for themselves, then that'd be great. And then I think from a client point of view, it sounds like there'll be more clients that suddenly see the value in in strategy and and good resources on their business. Darren Woolley, what's your sense in the next 12 to 18 months? We may sound like we may need to go to five years to get some developments, but what's your thinking? Let's hope not. But uh, I think uh, we're already seeing the conversation around performance and growth, which I think is important. We're also seeing a conversation that says it's not just short-term performance. We're looking at how to measure medium and long-term. So when we start seeing media agencies get on board and start looking at their profit or their margin being driven by contributing to that growth for the client, I think we're going to see a big difference. There's already enough data in the marketplace to be able to do these measurements. When we start seeing clients start to embrace that, then they're going to look for media partners that are willing to be part of the deal, not just selling a service, but actually being part of that investment and getting rewarded for the growth. And what would your final tip be for marketers on the client side? What should they be doing in the next 12 months? Where's some priorities? I think they should be working with their existing agencies to start looking at how they can prove the measurement. Agencies have, most of them have a lot of really smart strategists, but they also, most of them have econometric um, modelists or model 
what do you call them? Analysts, Analysts, perhaps. Analysts, yes. Yeah, people that can model this and start giving them something that they can take and sit at the big table with the CFO and the CEO to start showing where that investment's going and actually what the return on the investment is now so that you can then start talking about how to improve it and not just be begging for your budget each year. Great conversation. Only scratch the surface. I think there's got to be, as we usually say with these sorts of conversations, there has to be a part two, and I think we will. That's it for this week. Go to mi-3.com.au for the full text version and a whole bunch else. Uh, We'll talk to you next week. MI3 Audio Edition was presented by Paul McIntyre and created in collaboration with Podcast One Australia. Producer Nick Slater. Music by Matt Dwyer. For more episodes, go to podcastone.com.au or search MI3 Audio Edition on Apple Podcasts and hit the subscribe button to get a free notification every time we release a new episode.